Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 240, covering emanations and prime factors. Hi, friends. First of all, yes, we heard, and we don't want to talk about it. We really don't want to talk about it. The story about Jennifer, is it Lean? Lean? I have no idea. I refuse to learn anyone's name on this show. Fair enough. The chick who played Cast got into some legal trouble this week, mm. and it appears to be related to uh, mental illness, and that just seems like a cheap shot. And yeah, no, we're not, not going to dwell on that kind of thing. That's not cool. No, those, that's not the particular kind of cheap shot we take on this show. No. There's, there's plenty of other cheap shots we take. Mm-hmm. Not that one. So uh, Now, let's see here. Jokes about Tom Paris, I think, are in order. Yeah, but see, that's a fictional character. That's okay. Yes. That's not a real person possibly suffering. With from, real problems, yeah. Yeah, real problems. Or... A real misguided person, you know, mm-hmm. committing crimes. Either way, don't. that's not the kind of show we do. Yeah. So, yes, we've heard about it. No, we don't want to talk about it. So thank you very much for all of you junior <laughs> reporters who let us know. Yep. But, uh, I, I mock, but I do generally like. Oh, yeah. No, it's up. it's great being, you know, when Star Trek news happens, you know, yeah, everyone you people. know letting you know. Yeah, like Twitter, Facebook, and so forth. Everyone's like, hey, hey, did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, no, I haven't. So, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got another week where one episode was garbage and one was actually pretty good. Shockingly pretty good. I was honestly surprised. Uh, me too. But that's that's two so far. And in season one, like, you got you to gotta grade on a curve a little bit for a first season of any show. Yep. Like, even DS9, like our very favorite best of everything show, had some duds in season one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had some duds the whole time, but you know. Well, yes. But growing pains, like, don't know where the characters are yet, trying to figure the show out mm, kind of episode. You know, every season needs its wishes, if wishes were horses. Mm, or, I suppose so. Or Alamorane 123, which I'm sure has a real title that I refuse to learn. Uh, I remembered it, and then I forgot it again, and now all I can think of is if wishes were horses. Alamorane 123. No, it's it's Alamorane count four. Because then it's Alamorane and then what, three then more. Then three more. Right. And that I think that's where no that isn't where the Cisco counting joke came from I don't even no. remember it doesn't matter that's not the show we're doing we're doing Voyager yes so why don't you tell us about Voyager uh, okay and emanations goes a little something like this remember in the pilot when Janeway told us it would take Voyager seventy five years to return home to the Alpha Quadrant I'm starting to wonder if that estimate factored in time to stop and look at stuff or rescue crew members from crap like organ theft and murder accusations, because seriously, you guys do not seem like you're in any hurry to get back. This week's shiny object du jour is an asteroid with traces of a mysterious new element that the Federation has never witnessed before. And since Brandon Braga wrote this one, the element comes from people's souls or something. No, really. The away team finds corpses wrapped in mysterious spider webs that migrated here from some other dimension. Our dimension is their afterlife, you see. Is your mind not blown? How about this, then? Harry Kim somehow dimension shifts over to that other world and meets Jerry Hardin, a.k.a. Deep Throat from X-Files, a.k.a. Mark Twain from Time's Arrow, a.k.a. Mark Twain from Time's Arrow Part (laughs) 2. To his credit, the old jerk doesn't have a pistola, 
but he does ramble at length about euthanasia or something? I'm not sure. It's one of those episodes where everyone pats themselves on the back for dealing with complex issues, but all I really got from it is, our life is their afterlife, and Harry Kim is sort of dead at some point, but then he's fine, and isn't that all super creepy? No, Brannon. The answer is no. Matt's alternate title for this episode? Secretions. Yeah. I would like to be able to convince you and other people who have been on this show that Jay Harden is not a terrible actor. Well, I mean, I've seen X-Files and I've seen him play that character, Deep Throat, and he's fine in that. Yes. No, he does a good job as Deep Throat. He does not do a good job as anyone else. I, the thing is, in this episode, this you can't blame him for this. this is... You really can't blame him for Mark Twain. It's just that was in the script and he played it as written. Mm-hmm. He's he's fine. It's just seeing him again just made brought that all back. Like, ah, oh, time traveling. Ah, shut up. Remember me, Al? I was the one you hated the most. I think he might have been. Of all the various villains that popped up on Next Gen, he may have been my least favorite. I was hiding in that closet spying on Mr. Data. Every act break is ends with me, or, you know, every act ends with me, like, threatening somebody. I would love to end every episode of that show with, uh, him, with just every episode of the entire of Next Gen with him poking his head out from behind a tree or something. You love people poking out from behind things and around corners and such. Yep. That is, that is I don't know why, but it is hilarious. It is. It's just one of those, like, primal, like innate things that you just always laugh at. It's true. Very strange. So this episode was, as indicated, one of those Brandon Braga thinks of a weird thing first and then sort of fills in the story after kind of things. Like, what if the afterlife us? Huh? What about uh, that? Brandon, that doesn't make any sense. Throw a space cloud in it. That'll do it. And some webs, and I don't know, let's give the people eight nostrils. Oh, God. We did an episode in Next Gen with people with additional nostrils. It was disgusting then, and it's disgusting now. I don't know why, but it's really unsettling. I, I am not as disgusted by the human form as you are, so additional pieces of the human form don't really creep well, me out the way they creep the human out. body is in all ways disgusting. They really did a number on you, didn't mm. they? I don't know who they even are, but... I get a list somewhere. Fair enough. My, my uh, Matt Robotham's uh, Richard Nixon's enemy list. <laughs> so, I just... This is... I mean, I'm going to go right into my bad thing. Yes, please. This is just my least favorite kind of episode. Like, actually, no. This was... Sorry. That was at the beginning of my good thing. <laughs> This is one of my least favorite kinds of episodes. And and the stuff I only kind of liked was I, I've used already. Like, there's some good Janeway. There's a little more of Cass becoming a nurse. But, okay, Bellana's actually got some good stuff in this. Yeah, she does. With all the mystical mumbo-jumbo, and there's a lot. There's mumbo and jumbo. <laughs> She's the one who sort of bluntly says, um... Okay, that's fine. We're, we're forbidden to do this because whatever, but what can we do? Uh-huh. Like, there's a whole thing at the beginning where Chakotay, because the one thing about him is he's a spiritual Indian man. Yeah, I... D <sighs> I, really I really wish there was just something more to this character than just, like, well, the beliefs of these people are what's most important. Of course, it's the Native American who's just so into... It's such a, it's such a like, cliched white person thing to think all Native Americans know about all spiritual things. Mm -hmm. It's just, like... It's not exactly racist, but it's 
lazy. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Because, I mean, they're not saying anything bad about them. No. But they are making broad generalizations that are just flimsy and terrible. Just, yeah. And so they, they, they're exploring this cave full of spider corpses or whatever. Uh-huh. And they're, they're wrapped in gauze, which looks vaguely like spider yep. corpses. And and he's like, no, no, we can't use tricorders because what about their spirits? What? Yeah, you have tricorders specifically so that you don't need to touch. Like, yeah, so you can scan things unobtrusively and not poke around at them. You can stand back and not disturb things and find out what they're made of. But no, dude's just like, no, we can't. <clears throat> don't don't do anything. What if their religion says something about tricorders? Look with your really? look with your eyes, not with your tricorder. And and Bellana had just like this is my good thing. She's got a great. She kind of looks at him and she's like, okay, well, I'm done looking with my eyes. Like you said, it took five seconds. Now what do I do? You've you've told me what I can't do. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Well, and then he goes into full on Sherlock Holmes mode where he's like, well, you can see by the way they're lying that uh, their people believed in this, and the fact that they're naked under their spider webs means that they don't didn't believe in pants, and also this happens. Yeah. Okay. Those would be like super presumptive on Earth, mm-hmm. the, the the planet that you're from. But this is the other side of the galaxy. Is it maybe possible that these guys do things that you've never seen or that wouldn't make sense to your human brain? Yeah, maybe. But oh no, no, he's Mister Genius Medicine Man. Ah. Medicine Bag Man. Oh, excuse me, forgot about his bag. That at least is canonical with the show. He is a man with a medicine bag. That is. That is true. And he has shown that bag to only Janeway and Bellana. That we know of. He told Janeway that she was the only one. <clears throat> and then we discovered that there was another. So maybe there's a whole string of women he's shown his bag to. Chakotay, you liar! He's the real Tom Paris the whole time. God, I wish. Then at least he would have more than one uh, aspect to his personality. Yeah. I guess that's He's true. deeply spiritual, but he also enjoys catting around. <laughs> Catting around. <laughs> Does he turn into a cat or something? Yeah, you know, he turns into a into a cat that chases the bird that he also tra- changes into. <laughs> I want to see that episode. I want to see that as a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> I want to see like a like like him running into some other guy like him and and having like a wizard's duel. Yes, like like Sword in the Stone, where they turn into different animals and chase each other around. Yes, God, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I know. It might happen. Who knows with this show? I've turned into a germ now. But this... Ooh, yeah. How will you defeat me? Madam Mim? Yes. Mad, 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 Madam Mim. Right. This... this Seriously, though, this episode just, like... uh, Like, Brandon Braga seriously thinks he was writing, like, a great thing about issues, because I guess they dealt with euthanasia a little bit. Yeah, no. Like, uh, who cares? And... (laughs) Yeah, like they've got this weird the the alien culture is all based or it is all based around death, right? Like, yeah, it's like, well, you know, if anything bad happens to you, if you're having a bad day or whatever, hey, guess what? You can kill yourself and move on to the next uh, the next stage, the next emanation, yeah, uh, the next secretion. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a dude who I guess busted his leg up or something, and um, yeah, no, I could wait for this to heal or alternately. Well, he's like he—he's talking to, uh, to he's talking to Harry, and he's like, "Well, listen, you know, we talked to my uh, our families all sat down and we had a long talk, and you know, we decided that really it would be better for everyone if I wasn't around, you know, slowing people down with my bum leg, and maybe I should just be dead instead." 
Okay, so we took a vote, and everyone voted for that except one person. Was that one person you? Well, well, yeah. I... So when I say we all decided, they all decided for me. Yeah. Well, and then we sat down and we made sure that my vast riches were transferred to everyone fairly, as yeah. is our custom on this planet. Yeah, listen, that, I got I to gotta settle my affairs before I die. Yeah, I'm not just going mean, to leave them, you know, hanging. <laughs> like, come on. We're not monsters here. Yeah. And then, we just uh... Have many nostrils. And then they wrap me in gauze and, uh, throw me into a coffin. No, they, like, something... They, like, secrete the gauze or something? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I'm sure they tried to explain it, but... And it's made of some, like, exotic element that no one's ever seen before. Yeah. But, uh, whatever. Let's be honest. Me and... We were playing, uh... Hey, what did you do this week? Yeah, well, it's typically when we're bored, we just, like, you know... Catch up. Yeah, so how's it going? Oh, fine. Anyway, Matt, what was your good thing? Um, I like the scary cave full of uh, cobweb skeletons. It uh, <laughs> put me in mind of Halloween, which is just around the corner. If uh, if this episode had some ghosts and goblins, it would be pretty much perfect. Uh, you know, you say that. Mm -hmm. I do say that. We had an episode like that, and you didn't like it. You're right. You're right. Written by a <laughs> Written by a horror writer that I actually have a great deal of respect for. Uh-huh. And it's true. I mean, Star Trek early on did a full-on haunted house with witches and a black cat mm -hmm. episode, and you didn't care for no, it. No, I did not. I was actually pretty upset. So, you know. I just, I'm sorry. You bring your characters into a big scary cave full of dead people who have been tied up in, in spider webs. I am going to be expecting the characters to fight a giant spider. And when I don't see a giant spider for the characters to fight, and instead they just send Harry to another dimension where he can, like, learn about euthanasia, I, that's a letdown for me. This might not be the best good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, there, there really wasn't much. It was so typical by the numbers Brandon Braga, wasn't it? Like, it, oh, it felt man. like... Like, if I hadn't seen the writing credit, I would have been able to just, yep, I know who did this one. Yep. I got his stink all over it. I really love your ongoing belief that Brennan Brog is just constantly going, this is going to blow their minds. I honestly feel like everyone on the Voyager staff is writing stuff that this, this horrible cliched stuff that we've seen a hundred times, mm -hmm. but they think somehow their belief is that this, this time... They're just not going to see this coming. Look, we're on the other side of the galaxy and there's a banjo. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Whatever. so what? All right. We've uh -huh. seen this. 70,000 70, light years from home, but what's there? A banjo on a farm. Literally the very first Star Trek story ever featured a guy having, like, like on a, on a mysterious alien planet, having visions of normal Earth stuff, mm -hmm. like a horse. Yeah. They did that at the very beginning. It's already been done. <laughs> Let's move on. Ugh. Nope. Not going to do it. Yeah. So, no, this episode was seriously lacking in giant spider attacks. Mm. Yeah, not not great. Um, But it had plenty of nostrils. A lot of nostrils. Oh, yeah, nostrils for days, you know. Yep. Like, not not since the days of Joseph Sisko. <laughs> well, at one point you, have, you mentioned that they worshipped him. Yeah, like everywhere in the galaxy, somebody, they, they worship some Sisko or another. Yep. And you do not want to go to the planet of writers that worships Jake. Oh, man. It's one of those planets with where it's always the dark side. Like, they maybe get, like, one hour of daylight. Yep. So they just asleep all the time. <laughs> we, get, we get less done before noon than most people 
don't. Except maybe coma victims or that corpse that Voyager picked up in this episode. Yep. Oh, they, Which picked... they brought back to life for some. Oh yeah. So by the way, uh, Voyager has also mastered the art of bringing people back from the dead. Oh no no no. This, this makes sense. The thing is, the body just appeared, which means it had just died, which means you could still do CPR and, like... Oh, like, right, okay, yeah, because they don't... It, it's not like they wait until the person died before sealing them in a casket. No, no, they're they're dead. They're clinically dead. But you have, you know, ten minutes or whatever it is after someone's clinically dead that you can revive them, maybe. Oh, so just mostly dead. Yeah, like, there's still some brain activity, and they could, you know, do the the, uh, the paddles thing. Mm. I'm trying to think of what that's called. Defibrillator. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Like, you know, they're dead, but you could still bring them back. Yeah, the clear thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the goo. Yeah. Um, did you know they yell clear just because they want everyone to keep clear? Yes. What did you think that? I don't know what I thought, but I didn't know. Like, I found that out recently, and I was just like, that's what that means? What did you think it meant? I don't know what it meant. I just thought it was a thing. You're supposed to keep clear because, one, it's a giant jolt of electricity. Mm -hmm. Two, the body's going to, like, kick all around and, and inadvertently punch you in the junk if you're standing right there. <clears throat> yeah, no, I had no idea. Huh. I learned that really recently. Really? Yep. When, when they brought me back to life, yeah. oddly enough. First thing I did when I came back to life was, why do you keep yelling clear? Well, we're just trying to keep people clear, you know? Oh! I mean, I, uh, our thanks, by the way, to those paramedics, because you're not getting out of Voyager that easy. No. <laughs> Look, Harry Kim even died, and he's still in it. Yep. And, okay. hey, Harry, you're not going to escape Tom Paris's friendship that easily. <laughs> now, let's talk about that. They they talk about this in Memory Alpha, and, and Garrett, I, I think it's Garrett Wong. It might be Garrett Wang. Either way, Garrett, Garrett W. Garrett, if you're listening to this, please write in and tell us. Yeah, because I swear somewhere, some some time ago, I read that it's actually pronounced Wong. And if I'm saying it incorrectly, I do apologize. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we also never learned how to say Rene Abadjouaf either, so. That's true. Even with Vichelle, like, sending us an audio file to, to guide us. Mm -hmm. Nana Visitor is definitely correct. Though. Oh, that good. All right. Well, that's something. Yeah. yeah. Um. In any case, he talks about how, yeah, so I was the first one to die and come back to life, so that was pretty cool. He didn't really die. They just sent him through the vacuole, which is a nonsense word they kept using. Yep. It's not a nonsense word like phage. It does mean something. Phage is a real word. I, you keep saying that like it's true, and it just isn't. Bacteriophage, like uh, Strongbad was one in, in, a, in a cartoon. I don't know. See, I, I use a precedent that I know you'll recognize. You can't just say a word like bacteria like that's a real word. It's a thing, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And in the cartoon, they called him Strong Badiophage. It's a real thing. Um, I'll show you after the, the thing. All right. Uh, but, yeah. The, Any excuse like, to watch a, spr a Strong Bad cartoon? Yeah, fine with me. Yeah. Better than this. Um, But, yeah, they kept talking about how Harry Kim died. And he just... I mean... I guess by this this stupid ignorant culture's definition, he did. But I, I mean, he did he he died in the same way that like Buffy died at the end of the first season. Yeah, exactly know? for that for that one minute, and then they revived. Yeah, he's dead for like a like a minute. Clinically dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just dumb. So does that mean that the next Harry Kim is going to start making his way to the ship to like join up? In every generation, a Harry Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so was your... Buffy, the, Buffy the Vampire Harry Kim. 
I, th- I was really thinking there was a good pun coming, but... Nope. Nope. Not even a little bit. Nope. Uh, what was your bad thing? Which one did you pick? I just, this episode was boring. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those ones that just stretches on and nothing is interesting. We get this alien culture that I don't care about, full of alien jerks that I don't care about, and... It's and of course it's also about you know religion so that loses me pretty easy too. I don't know. Like I would say there have been a handful of good episodes on that subject. I mean, a lot of the um, oh look, I mean Deep Space Nine is all about religion. You know, yeah, like and a lot of those like a lot of the stuff about the prophets, a lot of the stuff about like Bajoran politics as it applies to like Kai Win and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But even Next Gen did a couple of good ones. They did the one where Picard was worshipped like a god, and that was good. That was all right. Oh, with uh, Laura Palmer's dad. Right. That, that was a good episode, and uh-huh. that was about religion. Yeah. And I feel like there was another Next Gen one that was good, too, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But there, Star Trek has dealt with this topic, and it's been interesting before. But, but. I mean, most of the time when that happens, like, you've got to you've got to win me back. Because yeah. you've, sta- you've started the episode with me not, not caring. And see, that's your bias. Like, I... I also am not religious, but it doesn't bother me like it bothers you. Mm. So, like, I'm fine with stories about religion. I just yeah, don't you, believe you, in it. You didn't grow up religious. That's true. That I am but, aware of. No, I did not. But I also don't believe that there are ships that can go faster than light, but I'm willing to believe that for the sake of a good story. Mm. Well, I'm not angry about the ships that go faster than life than light. Faster than life. Yep. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it was boring. It was very boring. Just, I hate, like, I hate this stupid race of stupid aliens and their stupid everything. And and their dumb hats. (laughs) They did have dumb hats. Mm -hmm. Hey, when we beat, the first shot we get of the, uh, of the, this new, this new world or whatever is like their planet's priest just chanting over a coffin. And it looks like someone gave him Kai Wynn's hat and then grabbed it by the tip and stretched it out. Except I liked, I always liked Kai Wen's hat. I know you didn't. But I thought as a sort of pompous symbol of religious leadership, mm-hmm. it worked. But everyone on this planet wears them, and it kind of, like, diminishes the whole effect. Planet of the Popes. Yeah. <laughs> See, now there's an interesting episode. <laughs> Just various popes. Chasing humans around on horseback. Yep. Catching them in nets. Oh, hello, bright eyes. Stay out of the forbidden zone, human. You will not like what you find. It's that Rio de Janeiro uh, cross statue. Out in the middle of the desert. Right. Man, now I want to watch Planet of the Apes. You want to watch Planet of the Apes with me? Yeah, let's let's go do that instead. Yeah. I only a couple of years ago realized Planet of the Apes, the first one was written, or at least co-written by Rod Serling. Mm-hmm. Which, the, the ending makes so much more sense when you think about it like that. Yeah. Planet of the Apes is a fantastic movie. I did oh, not I did not expect that when I watched it the first time. Yeah, me neither. I thought it would be all right. Yeah. But it was quite quite Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh my bad thing mm-hmm. about this episode, not about Planet of the Apes. Uh, my bad thing for Planet of the Apes would be Tim Burton. Just just stop. Yeah, it. thanks just a lot. Stop it. The ending made no sense at all. No. Um You didn't even try. No. Here, here's something. Why not? <laughs> this will blow their minds. <laughs> my bad thing. Okay. So far, I've been nothing but support. Like, I complained about Janeway in the pilot, but since then, she has really impressed me for the last eight episodes. Oh, yeah. Great. 
And a lot of that has to do with her, her passion for science and her just being scientific and wanting to explore things and knowing science and getting excited about science. And so this episode ends with her telling Harry, uh, I'm going to give you a few extra days off to ponder your spiritual side. Maybe there is an afterlife. And it's like, okay, having someone say that, that's pretty standard. But having Janeway say it? Yep. Really just uh, undid a lot of that goodwill that I've that's been building up. Like, I thought you were a scientist. I'm gonna say this th- from what I've seen so far. This is why you have Chakotay. Yeah, to take Harry I mean, I... to take Harry Kim aside and go like, well, you know, you don't know like the secrets of the universe, and it, this could be but, someone else's afterlife. But think about the other two modern Star Trek shows, Next Gen and DS Nine. Hmm. Some character in in both of those casts would take a character aside and say maybe there's more than we know mm-hmm. but it would not be the most rational one no like the most scientific one and i'm not even saying just because she's a scientist means she must be an atheist i don't mean that no because maybe she believes in something i don't know it doesn't matter the point is she the what she said was so unscientific it was so nebulously maybe there's something bigger than all of us and it's like come on no she doesn't she doesn't look at it that way. No, that's not right. But I mean, they're not mutually exclusive being being scientists. Like, she could be like Scully. Mm-hmm. Scully was a great, like, scientist who also believed in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is fine. You could do that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this came off as. It came off very sort of agnostic, mumbo-jumbo, new-agey. Maybe there's a spiritual energy out there, Harry. Mm-hmm. And it just did not fit what I thought of her character yeah. at all. And it was very disappointing. I, I, I'm starting to think this might be what some people we've talked to have said about her being written inconsistently. Yeah. Like, like so far, few... I have not seen that almost at all, I don't think. No, she's been very consistent. Like, the pilot was rough, but she also was the last-minute replacement for someone else while they already started filming. Yeah. So you can excuse her for that. Mm-hmm. But, but since then, she's been very consistent until now. Yeah. And it's a little disappointing. So... There's that. Yeah. So thanks. Anyway. Thanks, Janeway. Same way. <laughs> thanks, Kate. Fate. <laughs> uh, you got anything else before we press forward? I'm um, just taking a quick look over my notes here. Stupid looking. All the aliens had dumb buttheads. There's a there's a chick named Patara, which is almost as bad as Jabin. Yep. It's a bad one. But yeah. Could be worse. It could be worse and it will be worse in the next episode. All right. Uh, Want to give us your me, quote? Yes. My quote is one of the people from this planet reminiscing about uh, times past. Give my love to your father. Tell him that the gorilla trees he planted have, have been in bloom for three years straight. And I really wish, uh, where Matt wished we could see them fight a giant spider, I wish we could have seen the gorilla bushes. <laughs> Or the gorilla trees, I'm sorry. The gorilla trees, where fresh gorillas grow every day. Yep. Ready for the spider fights, stay for the gorillas. Ready to be plucked off the leaves and shipped to your local grocer's freezer. Well, they make wine from them, at least from the grape apes. <laughs> Do they get it All the right. same way they make canar? <laughs> yes. Ooh. <laughs> Just take it and wring it out. Just wring it out like a dish <laughs> A dish rag, excuse me. Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. now let's press forward to the episode we kind of like. Yeah. Both of us. Uh, prime factors. All right. 
So while stumbling around Lost, as per usual, Voyager encounters a Class 3 annoying ship containing Fabio, the Hawaiian hair hoop man, <laughs> who wishes to take them to a planet of pleasure. Guys, if a man with a gross voice offers to take you to a world of pleasure, you call the police. Anyway, Captain Kate takes the crew to the planet for some shore leave, and also to get hit on by every woman of a certain age's ideal man. Meanwhile, Harold breaks away from his best friend forever to watch a woman play the weather on a harp. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Harold? Yes, Harold Kim. Ah, very well. Please continue. Harold tells her that she is very talented, but he is lying! In return, the woman takes Harold down the street and also to another planet. When Harold realizes this, he runs back to the captain, and also to get his I didn't have sex because the captain needs to hear something important junior Starfleet merit badge. Little kiss ass. <laughs> Janeway tries to get the technology from Fabio, but Fabio's people have this weird thing called a crime directive that doesn't allow them to give technology to lesser races? Jeez, man, where's Garrick? We need a good, a good ironic, isn't it, Doctor? Janeway tries to convince Fabio to change his mind by give, gifting him with all of the literature on Voyager. Good work, Kate. I'm sure they'll throw away their hard-earned beliefs for a copy of Miss Nelson is Missing. Meanwhile, Harold's girlfriend brings him a message that a hotel is willing to trade the technology instead. Harold brings this scam to Janeway, but she has, like, I don't know, morals or something. So Tuvok does it instead. I know! I was surprised, too! Anyway, Janeway gets in a fight with Fabio and then smacks him in the face with a goose and storms <laughs> off. And back on Voyager, Bellana and some other guys install the stolen technology, which almost blows up the ship. How embarrassing. Janeway gives everyone a lecture on telling the truth. Boy, Fabio's never going to live that goose thing down, is he? I don't think so. Good. Also, getting smacked in the face with a goose is very funny to me. It, it really, really is. Uh, uh, okay, a couple of points. Yes. What What is Miss Nelson is missing? Miss Nelson is missing. It's a children's book. Oh, I was I sitting here trying to try, like, what's a good, what's a good book that? Uh... No, it, it it was very funny. Like in the summary, I just I don't get the reference. Mm. I don't need to get the reference to get the joke. Yeah, but now I'm like, I want to know. That's no, a children's book I remember from when I was a kid. Ah, very well. Uh, also, you really try to make this Harold thing happen, aren't you? Yeah, I don't like okay. calling him Harry. Fair enough. It well, it's not Harry. No, he, it's in fact he's very uh, lacking in hair. He really he, only has the head hair. Yeah, the floppy 90s. Yeah. But otherwise, you assume he's completely smooth like a Ken doll. Yeah, they should call him Smooth Kim. Right. Yes. Ken. Smooth Kiminal. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> uh, this was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was. Like, it was a nice... Like, honestly, when that big twist comes mm -hmm. where it's like, uh, hey... By the way, we're not allowed to interfere with lesser races. Well, I mean, like, like that's my whoa, what? That's my good thing. Like, oh, okay, I love the idea of this, like this, this civilization with better technology than us pulling the prime directive shit on our guys. Like, we've been doing this while we can't interfere, interfere with the lower cultures' development, like since you know, since uh, the original series. And yeah, I don't think the other side. I don't think we've ever had an alien race with better technology than us going, well, we can't give it to you. You guys are idiots. That's the thing is like this. We've seen hundreds of episodes of Star Trek at, by this point, and I've never seen it. This no, way. like if it's happened, I don't remember it. It wasn't the whole focus of an episode. It might have come off. Yeah. But this is the entire focus of the episode. And it's like, oh, shit, the shoe's on the other foot. And we can't really argue about this because they're right. No, I love it. And li literally their argument is like, but we won't use it for evil. And really, that's my good thing, is I like Janeway 
being the good Starfleet captain mm-hmm. and taking the moral stand. She's like, you know what? They're right. This usually we're in this position, but now it's 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 turned around, and now it's our turn mm-hmm. to say, uh, very well, we respect your your rule. And it's it was very cool to see what is very much a staple of pretty much all Star Trek. Yeah. Like every series has done some good prime directive episodes, only completely turned around and, and told in a new way. That's what I want from this show. Yeah, absolutely. To give us familiar Star Trek stuff in a, in a completely new way. And there's also, we haven't really done this concept before, but they mentioned it a little bit in the first episode, is that, you know, when they put Janeway in charge and sort of decided to be a Starfleet ship, that means they have to stick to the Starfleet principles. Right, and I was worried that... When we start getting and and the sort of mutiny thing kind of grows through like the later acts of the story. Yeah, I thought I was worried it was going to be sp- completely split on Maquis Starfleet lines and and like to their credit they didn't do that. No, they the um they bring in rumblings. Uh, well, the initial sort of rumblings come from uh, uh, Bellana and uh, one of her engineering people, Seska. Yeah, and then that guy that was pa- like that that uh, Bellana passed over to be chief engineer gets involved mm-hmm. and then a couple other people get involved. I was like, oh good, it's everybody. Yeah. And that that made it way more interesting and not just the Maquis want to rebel and the Starfleet guys want to do the yeah. right thing. No, I like I like the idea of us having Starfleet guys who are getting fed up with this crap and just like no, it's like I was supposed to go on, you know, an exploring mission and eventually go home and see my family. I'm sick of this crap. Oh, they were going to go chase the Maquis, and uh, Janeway told her boyfriend who was watching her puppies that she'd be back in like a month yeah. or something. And that that's how long they thought they'd be gone. Mm-hmm. A three-hour tour. <laughs> Didn't happen that way. Three-hour tour. Tour. I like to go on a tour. I like the way you say tour. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, they want to go home. I get that. Yeah. And, I don't know if it's a coincidence that the two episodes we've liked so far have dangled the possibility of them going home and then yanked it away mm-hmm. from them. But so far, that's the best source of conflict, I think. Yeah. We can go home. Shit. No, we can't. Yeah. No, it's... And that tr- that trick's not going to work forever, but so far it does. It's... No, well, I mean, we're still in early days, so that kind of thing is, you know, that's great. Yeah, but eventually it's going to feel Gilgan's Islandy. Well, yes. Because we keep finding ways home that end up not working. But right now it's still fresh and it's still not bad. Yeah, no. We haven't gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? We should probably just kill Gilligan. <laughs> kill again. <laughs> Stop me or I'll kill again. <laughs> I, no, I, and it was like, again, the difference in the types of episodes I like and I don't like is focus on character more than crazy sci-fi thing yep. like crazy thing that doesn't make sense the thing to be clear there is a crazy sci-fi concept here which is they have the the capability of moving you halfway across the galaxy in like a flash of a light yeah what is it folding space they call it yeah 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 and that is a super high concept like crazy sci-fi idea but the story's not all about that and they don't spend half an hour trying to fake explain it to us yeah instead the story's about how does this affect the characters and how they act with each other mm-hmm. and that makes it way more interesting. Whereas the previous episode had this high concept thing that didn't make any sense. And we didn't like Harry Kim didn't go through any kind of change. He just went there and came back. Like mm-hmm. nothing happened to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no conflict. There's no like we don't, we're not invested in what happens. Whereas we're really interested. Are these guys going to rebel against Janeway who's trying to do the right thing? Like and she's super conflicted. She wants to get the technology, but she respects their thing. And like. It's all in their heads, and it's so much more interesting from that perspective. Mm-hmm. That's I just 
I keep trying to make it clear it's not just a matter of I like this, I don't like this. There's a, there's a reason behind it, and the reason is character. Like, yeah. whenever you focus on the characters, I'm way more invested. Mm-hmm. And that was the case And here. especially when, like, they're the characters that are growing on us. You yeah, know? and I've said many, many times that one of my favorite relationships so far is Tuvok and Janeway. Mm-hmm. And this is actually sort of the second, like your, your, your tertiary good thing. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, um, so the episode sort of end, like the, the last act goes into Tuvok betraying Janeway and getting the, uh, the, yeah, there's a nice little twist there. We think, we think Bellana and her little crew are going to do it. And then Tuvok comes in and does it himself. Yeah. He's like, just like, you, you guys, you, you guys planned a terrible heist. So, now I I'm caught here. you as security guy, and now I'm going to do it right. Yeah, and I love I love seeing this come from him. Like, yeah. of all of the Maquis, or even of Starfleet, like Tuvok's the guy you expect this from the least because he's the Vulcan. He's the yeah. Vulcan who is also the captain's best friend. Yeah, and like to have him go behind her back and just like you know steal this stuff to get everybody home, and he's got like a good justification for it. Well, that's what I liked was at first. I was reading on Memory Alpha that uh, Tim Russ really didn't care for this. Mm-hmm. He didn't like, like, and I love how invested he is in his character. And oh, yeah. I love that he had long discussions with them about, look, you kept telling me about loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. And now here's the first time his loyalty's tested and he goes against the captain. Yeah. I don't like this. And they changed the script a little on his, on his say so because they really thought that he did have a good handle on the character. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the direction he ends up coming from is, look, somebody had to fall on that sword. I didn't want it to happen to you because I'm your friend, so I did it for you. And like, oh yeah. shit, that's really noble. Yeah, that's no. not that's not betraying her at all. That's actually like the opposite mm. of that. No, he's you got he's I mean? got this great line where he's like, "The first, your first duty has always been to get this sh- the crew home. And you're not willing to do that because of this. Yeah. Well, that's okay because I will." Yeah, and that is like a true best friend. Yeah, like I he was willing to throw away his commission. He was willing to go to jail. Yep. And, like, ruin his life because his friend wanted to do a thing that she ethically couldn't do. Yeah. And that that was, like, that saved that for me because it could have been really out of character, but it wasn't. It, well, yeah, wasn't. if he had just done it, it's like, no, nah, I want to go home. Yeah. Like, no. No, because he mentions that he has a wife that he'd like to get back to. Yes. Which I don't think we knew that before, so there's a little detail about mm-hmm. him. But, uh, no, it's not about that. It's about, like, helping his friend. Yeah. And I, I, it's... Uh, so much of what I like about them is because it reminds me of Kirk and Spock, mm-hmm. but that's okay because they're different guys. But the the relationship is basically the same. Spock would have done that for Jim as well. Yeah, like there's that. They're Vulcans, you know. They try to purge themselves of emotions, blah blah blah, whatever. But they're still super super loyal to their friends. That's that's yeah. sort of a common trait there, and I like that. It, it really works for yeah. me. Tuvok will go to bat for you. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, as as you mentioned here in in your your note here, like you could see how much it hurts her. Like it, she yeah. just breaks her heart. Like having Bellana betray her, that's rough. <laughs> well, I put a criminal in charge of engineering, so I kind of expected that. I well, the thi- like the thing is, like she put a criminal in charge of engineering, and then that criminal uh, flourished basically, yeah, rose to the occasion. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, like, no, and honestly, she's her protege. Yeah. We've seen this in the last few weeks. Like, she's totally the one she's taken under her wing and like, okay, maybe you don't believe Starfleet's cool, but let me show you why Starfleet's cool. Yeah. And, and I'm going to teach you to do this the right way. And I'm going to get you off the streets and teach you how to be a good officer. <laughs> That's really what it is. Yep. 
she's the more advantaged, like upper class person taking the orphan off the street, and, you know, <laughs> cleaning them up and teaching them how to have a good life. She pretty woman, womaning her. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. In in a respectable way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, she's totally her protege. Yeah, no, Bellana's actually really growing on me too. Yeah, like, and we got this, we got this horrible one-two punch with Janeway. Yeah, <laughs> this woman she's mentoring, kicking her in the teeth, and then her best friend kicking her in the teeth. Like, oh god damn it! The two people I like the most on this ship just completely stabbed me in the back. That's great. Who am I gonna have lunch with now? Tom Paris. Ugh. Chakotay. Ugh. Maybe if I, maybe if I want to go to sleep. <laughs> Oh, that's not true. Maybe he'll show me how to find my magic lizard. Or if I have lunch with Tom Paris, maybe he'll show me how to find my magic lizard. <laughs> but no, she's... she's Harry, what, Harry, what are you up to? Maybe I can have lunch with you. I drew you a picture. It's of you and me holding hands in a meadow. Oh, uh, Jesus. Uh, I'm gonna go eat down in sick bay, I, doctor. I miss my pri- I miss my private dining room. <clears throat> I um I wasn't sure why Ga- Gav in particular, Irish Gav who was on last week, did not like Harry Kim, and I I didn't get it. And he did he 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 totally made his point in one word, one single word, miss. Yep. And like yeah, it suddenly changes everything, and now it's just like I gotta go. I gotta go tell the captain about something cool. Well, we were going to have sex. That, like, no time for that now. Miss! Miss! He, he does that twice in this episode. Mm-hmm. Once, when he finds the uh, the technology on the planet, like you're saying, like when, when he's about to score. Mm-hmm. And then a second time on the ship when he catches wind that everyone's trying to mutiny. Yep. And he goes and tattles on them. <laughs> Miss! That's too bad, because I was liking the, the sort of green ensign character, but, but Gav's not wrong. Yep. Oh, Harry, you, but get, anyway, yeah, she's, Harry, you get a get, gold star. Go put it on the chart. Back to back to the Janeway thing. She is super disappointed at the end of the episode. Yep. And some decent acting from Mulgrew again. Yep. She like, she's great. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not prepared to say great yet. But she no. She like I mean she's great in this in this episode. Yep, that's true. Uh, but there are times where it feels more like the dude on the planet. Like like she wanted to sleep with him and he went too far or. She didn't want to sleep with him, and he did. Or like, mm-hmm. there was some weird romantic angle to it, where it looked like she was going to cry, and that I didn't like. Yeah, I don't. Uh... Like, like she was playing it more heartbroken in the sense of like, I thought we had something special. Yeah, I can't. We can't have your captain crying this early in the series, you know. I being disappointed and being disappointed because you know whatever romantic thing didn't work out. Mm-hmm. That's happened with all the other captains. Yep. That's fine. That's I'm, it's not the romantic or the lack thereof that I object to. Mm-hmm. It's the actual crying. Yeah, like <laughs> over over this. Janeway's Janeway's our first female captain. It like yeah. and the first female lead in a Star Trek show. You can't have her like just starting to tear up over this. No, that puts a lot on her shoulders. But so be it. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot on her shoulders. Yeah. You know, like she's she's got a responsibility to to show that she can handle it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a little disappointing. But but overall, I think she did a good job. Yeah. Like, particularly at the end, her anger. That, like, she plays, like, I said this before. I was worried that I wouldn't take that voice seriously when she tried to be tough and badass. But no. Oh, she's great. She's, yeah. She's like that scary teacher that's usually nice. And then when you cross her, she yells at you and you're like, oh, what the, God. Where the fuck did that come from, man? Yeah. 
But you know, you I'm sure we've all had that teacher. Oh, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where it's like, I love her class. And then one day you do something wrong. I'm never going back there. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> sorry for everything hard. that ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> and some demon came out. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No, she was she was quite good. <laughs> Let's talk about that, as you call him, Fabio. Oh, to be God. clear, he didn't look anything like Fabio. No, it was the voice. It, and he was French, but it, a smart fan to assume he had this kind of voice. That kind of voice. No, like he... From the second he shows up with his... Uh, with, with, the distru- with his distress signal going off on his ship. Okay, and the distress signal is because you appear that you're in distress. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, okay, so... It wasn't just me who thought as soon as that d- dude showed up, it's like, oh, he's selling something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like. Apparently, they wanted to make these guys like recurring sort of antagonists, not full on villains, but antagonists. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, well, no, that didn't really work out. Yeah, let's, Never mind. let's not bring these guys back. No, but yeah. he contacts the ship and he's just lounging in his Hawaiian shirt. Yep. And it is just a Hawaiian shirt. Yep. Like it might not have buttons or something vaguely like that, but other than it's that. It's definitely it's a Hawaiian like... shirt that's cut open to the navel. Yep. And like, ah, and he's got these stupid fucking weird hoops in his hair. It looks like those like atomic circles that they drew around everything in the fifties. Only it's actually a physical thing on his head. Or um, that episode of Futurama with the with the bar with the rings in it. Oh yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah, like, I like, I like rings. Hey, who said they like rings? Uh, not me. All right. Very much like that. But it's just like, hey, Captain Janeway, you bring your Voyager ship to our pleasure planet. We will have the pleasure of pleasuring you with pleasure. It will be (laughs) our pleasure. It will be our honor. (laughs) Oh, damn it. Oh. What what was it they taught me at the seminar? Always be pleasure. (laughs) ABP. Would you say... The previous episode said vacuole more, or this episode said pleasure This more. one has said pleasure way more. I mean, look, I'm not going to say vacuole didn't appear that often, but every time this dude was on screen, the every other word out of his mouth was pleasure. And the idea of this planet was that it's a pleasure planet, and that, like, I get that, but Star Trek has tried to do this idea many times, and it never works. No. Even when we full-on went to Risa, it still kind of seemed a little yep. cheesy. Like, like, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Also, we're back in another mall, which... Yeah. I am. I mean, it's an outdoor mall. Yeah, that's great. That's, Mauling it up at the mall. mall. Yep. But, yeah, it, it was very Star Trek's idea of sexy, which is not sexy. At all. And, like, just saying the word pleasure over again until you believe it. It would be our pleasure to pleasure you, Captain Janeway Catherine. <laughs> But there is definitely a seduction vibe going on. Oh, no. Like, she was clearly into this dude. And I can't tell if I like that or not. But like I said, he looks like he's off the... He looks like he should be on the cover of a romance novel. He doesn't have the physique to be on the cover of a romance yeah, he's novel. He's not attractive enough. But that. he's dre- he's dressed like he should be on the cover oh, yeah. of a romance he's novel. Dre- dress for the dress for the job you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're very into stories, and specifically those are the stories that they're into. Yes. Tell me more of your Earth eroticas. How many oh. shades of gray would you say? <laughs> no, not the full-on porn. Just just the uh, erotic. I just want you to titillate me. Yes, with pleasure. With pleasure. Yes, that's right. Work the shaft. <laughs> 
But I couldn't tell if that was just an acting choice or if they really were supposed to be. And the thing is, she's got a boyfriend back home she's only been separated from for like two months. Yeah. Which was the initial time she was supposed to be away anyway. It's not even. They were supposed to be gone three months. I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah. It, it's about that. Um, even still. Like, she hasn't been apart from him for very long. Is she already? And if that's the case, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll believe that that's what the character wants to do, and I'm okay with that. It's just, I, I wasn't super clear, because the whole time they want to get home means that they believe they have a chance of getting home. Mm-hmm. Whereas her deciding to move on and have another romantic involvement clearly means she has no intention of getting home anytime soon, yeah. right? Like, which is it? One or the other? Mm-hmm. Like, either... She's not Tom Paris and the, and the Delaney sisters. No. They don't want that novel on this planet, by the way. No. Tom Paris and the Delaney sisters. <laughs> it's got, like, an Indiana Jones logo. Yep. So they're both wrapped around his legs like the Star Wars poster. Yeah. It's the story of a boy, a girl, and a galaxy. Uh-huh. I wish. Which actually was a tagline for Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Back when you had to advertise for Star Wars because people didn't know what it was, you couldn't just say, right. Star Wars is coming! Yep. Here's some toys. A movie will be along soon. Yep. Very soon. Force Friday. Almost now. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, your bad thing was that Fabio guy. I right? hate him. I hate him to yeah. death. He was pretty terrible. Hey, Jay in the way, yeah. Uh... My accent is all over the map. All over the map. They also say in Memory Alpha that... Uh, we kind of regret the choice of making Pleasure Planet guy French. I regret it too. too. That was a little too obvious, uh-huh. they said. Um, my bad thing, there's, I really like the, the, the tension and, and, and the conflict, but I feel like one of the, like, if not the last act, the, the act before the last act, is just sort of running in place for a while. There's about ten minutes where it's like, nothing changes, everything's exactly the same, and we're just waiting for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they stretched it out a little too long. I don't know how they could have fixed that. Yeah. But it just felt a little padded toward the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know how, I don't know how I would fix that. I'd have to think about it. But it just, it, it the pacing felt weird. Yeah. It's a little off. Yeah. But I mean, that's it. That's all I had. Yeah. Like, this was quite this, good. This was a really enjoyable Star Trek episode. Yeah. It, it wasn't quite as good as Eye of the Needle, I would say. No, but still, I had, you know, was, you know, it was at least as good as, you know, a medium. TNG, yeah, high pra- high praise. That I mean, it is. Yeah, next gen at its average was an above average show. Yeah. So the, you know, yeah, nice, nice, nice job, guys. I said this with Eye of the Needle. More like this, please. Mm-hmm. Like, give me more stuff that focuses more on the characters and and that whole thing. Yep. And stakes that I can actually get invested in, and not just some planet of the week where like the the key. To, to any story like this is when you go to a planet full of different people, not making the danger involving them. Mm-hmm. I don't care about them. We all know they're going to be gone next week. Yeah. Instead, make them like how do they affect our guys? Affects, yeah, exactly. So like, I don't care if that kid dies on that stupid planet in, in Scott Zioko's favorite episode time and again. <laughs> but I do care if these guys can get Voyager home. Yeah. Like that that's the difference is keep the perspective with our guys. And the thing is they can, they just don't want to. Yeah, which and is great. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Cuz uh you know, one cheap way out would be oh they were lying. They don't have the technology at all. No, they absolutely no, do. They do and it's still there. Mhm. Like 
Voyager could turn back around next week and try to take it by force or something. Yep. Just, it's got a way, like, it's not just like Janeway's walking away from this. She's got to live with the fact, one, that these people, like, betrayed her. Yep. But two, (laughs) not very far back behind her is a planet that could help them a lot. Yep. She had to walk, like, she's got to keep living with that. Mm -hmm. Just keep living. Yep. Which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's she going to do? Get busy living or get busy dying? That's the thing. That's the question we all have to ask ourselves as we all travel home. Uh, let's also ask why a guy was named Joe Hotel or whatever. It oh, was. yeah. It, it, I, what was it? It was definitely Hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> oh, Jared Hotel. Jared. <laughs> he's from a he's from a hospitality planet, and his name is Hotel. <laughs> Come on. Please allow me to introduce you to my good friend Jared Hotel. It will be an honor to serve you. May I take your bags? And pleasure your bags? Chakotay runs up with his medicine bag. Yes, please. (laughs) Here you go. Please pleasure my bag. (laughs) I've only shown this bag to Janeway and Bellana, but I'm always open for more pleasure for it. (laughs) Pleasure my bag. (laughs) Uh, Oh, fuck. Anything else? I hate you, Chakotay. Any, any no, I think that's everything. I, I did want to one final thing back on the subject of Janeway being betrayed. Because mm-hmm. she looks at Tuvok with this super hurt look. And I really, really wanted her to say, at Tuvok. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here next All time. All right. <laughs> you got a quote? Uh, yes. I just wanted some random French guy ramblings. Tell me, would it help if I said that you could have an entire wardrobe made from these beautiful fabrics and that it would give all of us pleasure to create it for you? Just How are you, my friend? Pleasure to the pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. (sighs) We have a thing we call the prime directive of pleasure. Have you heard of this thing called pleasure? Yes, I've been on on this planet for three seconds. Of course, I've heard of pleasure. All these signs say pleasure in English, oddly enough. <laughs> so that is all for this week. Uh, we have some exciting news. Mm-hmm. We are doing another live show soon. Yes, indeed. Uh, season one of this show, as we've mentioned, is fairly brief. I think it was like a half season. So season two is coming up in only a few weeks, and we will be kicking off season two with another live show yep. at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 17th, we will be doing the first two episodes of season two. Yep. Uh, details are... Uh, well, they're not on our website yet, but by the time this posts, they will be. They're definitely to I'll, follow. I'll go edit this and and say, oh, shit, right, I got to put that on the website. So by the time you hear this, they will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as before, it's free. We'd like you to, to donate a buck or two to the to the venue and or buy a drink at the bar. Yep. But beyond that, it's like you pay what you want. Mm-hmm. It's not like $10 for tickets where you just pay what you want. And uh, so that'll be an exciting thing. Yes. Looking forward to that. Uh, website as ever, postatomichorror.com. Email is postatomichorror at gmail. Like yep. I said, the season is short, so we'll be doing a, a supplemental soon. So look forward to that. Yep. And we'll, we'll be back next week. See ya, Fox. The Postatomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. 